Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. Welcome back to the Hale State Shockwave. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. And I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lagazino. And do we have some things to talk about? Uh, Gavin, did anything important happen this week? Uh, yeah, we proved that once again we run this state. We do, in fact, run this state. You know, I saw an interesting stat. Mississippi State won the Egg Bowl in 2013. Ole Miss won in 2014 with paid players. And in 2015 with paid players. We won in 2016 by a lot. They barely won in 2017 after breaking our quarterback's leg. And we just won in 2018 and 19. Yep. Not to mention a three-peat from nine to from nine to eleven. If you take out every single egg ball they've won this decade, we're six and four this decade. Every single egg and those wins are vacated too. I mean, those wins, those 2014-15 wins are vacated, but every single win, quote unquote, they've got this decade is at least questionable. Yeah. Except for 2012. Just a thought. We are going to briefly mention, and look, no disrespect, but I know there's some things that we're more focused on right now. The girls in their uh, tournament in Victoria, British Columbia, defeated San Francisco yesterday. I'm going to get those exact scores to you. I'm going to at least go that far. I don't have them pulled up right this second. They They played today and yesterday, won both games. Both games were closer in the beginning than we would have liked to see. But, of course, we pull away late and ended up with two pretty big wins. We have a rank tomorrow in the finale of that little ordeal. They've play, they're playing several games over the course of just a couple of days. Um, they beat San Francisco 73-38. to 38. They beat Green Bay 83-58. to 58. And the next game is not on the schedule because it was a TBD thing, but they play in the championship of that game. Um, Gr- Green Bay, a decent little team. San Francisco, not really. And that game was – both games were closer than they should have been in the first couple of minutes, but th- we pulled away, like I said. But we're going to get on. Gavin, you were at yes. the game. I was also yes, at the game. Where were you sitting? That's my number one question for you. That's my first question. Um, Important question. So I was in section four, which is like 40 yard line, um, mm-hmm. row 41, seat 49. Got you. So that's the, that is the north 40 yard line, as in the 40 yard line closer to the students. Correct. Section, if I'm not mistaken. I know my way around Davis Wade. I'm just going to tell y'all. <laughs> so I was sitting in the student section closer to the, if you're in the center section, closer to the right side, that's where I normally sit. Close to the front, where I normally sit. And so me and Gavin had two different perspectives on the game. We're just going to talk about – we're going to go through first, very quickly, each drive, which is not going to be too – not as long as it's going to sound. Um, tell what we were thinking. I'm just going to talk about what I was thinking as the game went along or going through these drives, and then we're going to talk about some of the bigger picture things. Okay. And 
I'm springing this all on Gavin. Oh, I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> He's ready. Yeah, we did. We didn't discuss this. We're just go, we're just, we're just so in, uh, enthused and excited about this. We're 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 just coming. We just want to talk about this game. Yep. A whole episode dedicated to this game because it deserves at least one episode. So, first play. Of course, we lose the coin toss again. We are one for eleven in coin tosses. One for twelve, guys. Or excuse me, one for twelve. We are one and yeah. eleven. One for twelve. The odds of losing eleven coin tosses at face value is one in two thousand forty-eight. I'm just telling y'all that it's one and two to the eleventh power. Okay, that's how that works. That's ridiculous. <laughs> There's no way that's possible. Okay. I, so, we're receiving the that, ball. That's about, just real quick, that's about how our luck went this season, though. So, that's, I that's, feel like that's, that's very fitting. It, it, if it could have went wrong, it did go wrong this season. I'm planning on having a whole episode just explaining all the little, the little things that could have changed this yeah. season. A lot. There are so many. Yep. And we're, and talk we're about still that going bowling. Episode. And we're still bowling. Now, they kick off. Brian Cole returns it out to the 31-yard line. We have been awful on kick returns and kick coverages. And in this game, we were absolutely fantastic. And that's all I'm going to say. We still had a special teams mistake. But we every other we had after other than that one mistake, I thought our special teams was darn near perfect. Yeah, there were – You could have – I'd have probably – Two complaints. Yeah, we should have covered up that month. Yeah. We'll get to that later. But we will. So we return out to the 31, and right off the bat, Garrett Schrader gets hammered. He doesn't even have time to decide if he wants to pull the ball or keep it. He gets smoked by Sam Williams. Um, I watched a lot of the game on TV today also, most of it. So we're going to get – you got all kinds of perspectives today. And at that point, I was just like, crap. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, let's get a good punt together. Because I didn't like our chances on second and 15. Um, then Kyler runs for three. Uh, Garrett Schrader under pressure again. Uh, pretty much just throws it in the dirt after getting with with like two, three or four hands on him. Out on third and 12. Uh, you get a false start on the punt. On the punt, you're punting now on fourth and 17 from your own 24. And it's not looking good. Um. Gavin, what you see there? Anything? Um, I just wasn't feeling too good. I was, I was wanting to come out and get some momentum early, and then you know, slow starts have been something that have really killed this team this year. And to see uh, another slow start, that was not, that was definitely not what I was looking for to kick slow off. Slow starts have killed this team. Game. Yeah, you're right. Slow starts have killed this team. Special teams mistakes has killed this team. You have a false start on the punt. Yeah. Uh. That's why I say darn near perfect other than that mistake because there's another one. And I'm going to be honest. During pregame warm-ups, I don't, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody. Our guys did not – I'm not saying they didn't, they, weren't, they didn't look ready to play. They did not look juiced up. And I watched all the warm-ups to see, and I, they just didn't. And, and you would have thought that they would be absolutely – have, the, have the, their tails on fire, but they weren't. You had guys uh, leaving the huddle early, you know, just kind of trotting out there. Not really looking like they were, were lazy or didn't want to be there, but just kind of, I guess, maybe apprehensive, you yeah. know. 
I was I actually I tell you why. was there for all of warm ups because I just didn't have anything else to do, so I went in the stadium really early. And mm-hmm. did you do you, do you see, agree with what I said? See, so from my from my side, I couldn't really see the receiver drills besides like the slot guys that were down by fifty. And I thought it was kind of interesting the way Keaton was warming up because he looked like, you know, he wasn't just tossing it; he looked like he was getting ready to go. And I was like, mm-hmm. this could be interesting. And I, I was expecting him to get in the game just because of some of the stuff that we've been hearing throughout the week. But well, he played several series at receiver. Right. So I was just I was more focused on Keaton than I was everybody else. But I did. I did kind of notice, uh, like, whenever they all huddled up in the north end zone, some of the guys were walking away from the that's huddle. What I, that's what I noticed it, too. When they all got huddled up, they were just kind of just kind of just there. Anyway. Darrell Williams Ole Miss was, takes her first. was in it. Huh? I said Darrell Williams was in it, though. He was. He sure was. He's He was – he was the mo- our emotional leader all night. Yeah. We can talk more about him later, maybe if we get around to it. We're dragging our feet a little bit. We're going to try to pick it up. Um, first play of the game for Ole Miss at from their own thirty-one. John Rice Plumley runs for twelve. Jerry and Ely runs for fourteen. After that, the only decent play of the drive, other than the last play of that drive, if you're a Mississippi State, was a run yard run from Ely on the next play. But then John Rice completes a pass for nine yards, gets the first down. And then you just kind of feel like crap. They were moving the ball at will. Mm-hmm. Both both teams' offensive, defensive lines, all four groups had bad series. And the first two series was bad for both Mississippi State's groups. We were getting pushed around on both sides of the ball early. We came back and counted a little bit, made some adjustments, and got some grit back. But it was looking rough. And that fumble changes things. That's even if they don't score, even if they, you know, for, even if we force a field goal or force, you know, a fourth down because they're kind of no man's land right there, that fumble was a little bit different. Okay. We get the ball back and I think, okay, let's go. We, we, we've done something. Of course, Kylan just goes for one, then for five, and then Garrett Strader sacked. And now we have to punt again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucker Day punts for 41 yards. His previous punt was 45. Tucker Day, other than his critical mistake that almost that could have cost us the game we're going to talk about why in a minute he probably had one of his best nights and his last egg bowl was one of his best games yeah uh his the bowl game last year was a really good game for him too um then we force Ole Miss into a punt though so Jared Ely runs for four Snoop Connor probably one of the best names in college football runs for two false start backs him up to where it's third and nine instead of third and four and John Rice probably has an incomplete pass. And then Mac Brown, Mac, how do you get to be named Mac Brown and be a college football player? <laughs> Punts for 47 yards and a punter at that. I mean, you could have been a quarterback. Uh, he punts, we get the ball on 28, and now things get cooking. Yep. After that, that's when I feel like, okay, we're here to play. After that fumble, we were the defense was gassed up. They were juiced. They looked ready to play after the fumble. And even on offense, when the first possession was bad, they looked a lot more comfortable to me. You give up that sack, but other than that, it looked like things were starting to click a little bit. And then on the next possession, they did. Is that what you saw? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, absolutely on fire uh, on that 
on that uh, second defensive series of the game. And then the first uh, – the third set, third offensive series where things got interesting. You complete a pass. Garrett Schrader sidearms a pass with the guy hanging on him, floats it to Dedrick Thomas. Has to make an adjustment but makes the catch. You know, Derek Dedrick Thomas is, is a senior. We're going to miss him a ton. He's as reliable as they come. He gets open. He catches the ball when it's thrown to him. He makes adjustments and gets the ball. He doesn't try to do too much. I love Dedrick Thomas. Garrett Strader did miss the wide open cross that would have went for 12 yards and had probably all through the air and had probably 40 yards of space in front of him that was he just didn't see. But we'll take it. Yep. Uh, finds him for 20 yards, gets us out to our own 48. Then you have a two yard run by Schrader. Then he slings it out on the RPO to Farad Green, who's had an awesome year compared to his last previous year. Not that he hasn't done good. You just haven't been able to find a lot for him. Uh, when he's been sharing time with, you know, back when Justin Johnson was around and back when Dan Mullen was here, we didn't really use tight ends anyway. Fraud Green was is fantastic. Uh, he's from about five miles from where I grew up and where I'm sitting right now as I speak to you. Um, we love Fraud Green. You got Fraud Green goes for tw- goes for 23 yards. You're at Ole Miss's 27, and you have a timeout there. I don't know, it was an injury. I don't know what it was. Maybe an injury. There's a timeout. There's a stoppage in play. And then Nick Gibson cribs it, almost untouched. He has great vision. I love Nick Gibson. <laughs> Thank goodness for Nick Gibson. And that's when you thought, oh, it's on. It was absolutely on. I knew you have to win. We have not lost won a game this year where we didn't win the first quarter. And just about every game we've lost, we've won, we've we've lost the first quarter. I can't think of one where we have. Uh, mm. And so now, yeah, with six minutes with six minutes left. Six minutes left. All of a sudden, you know, we, we're ahead. We're six minutes left in the first. That's been the winning recipe for us all year. Kentucky, Arkansas, uh, oh, uh, Ole Miss. Of course, it turned out to be even Southern Miss. We're winning the first quarter. None of the, that didn't happen. Definitely didn't happen against Auburn. Didn't really happen against Tennessee. Didn't happen against Texas A and M. And that's and the, the results show. We kick a touchback. That's been hard to do for us. Kick a touchback after that touchdown. John Rice is incomplete to, to Elijah Moore. Jerry and Ely runs for eight, then for three to get a first down. Snoop Connor runs for one. John Rice plumly sacks unofficially for a loss of five. Um, on third and 14, John Rice ran, uh, scrambles around, really just running for his life, gets, gets one yard, and they have to punt again. It's fourth and 13. Dedrick Thomas catches at the 26, and then here we go again. This is the first drive where Kylan really did something. So after that stoppage in play, they put Nick Gibson in, and he, of course, cribs it on the first play that he uh, touches the football. Because you want to give Kylan some rest, and we should. Uh, it was this next drive that he started kind of to get something going, and then the drive after that was even better. So I'm going to go through that one. Kylan Hill runs for two. Schrader uh, completes one to Gidry, but it comes back on a hold. Then Callie Hill runs for six. On third and 12, Garrett Schrader scrambles to his left for 16 yards. That was a That was Garrett's point. best play of the night. That was an absolute – I'm going to counter that later on in the, in the night. There was one more that I think was much better, but that one was very critical because you'll see why. The next play, Garrett Schrader completes a pass to Keaton Thompson for eight yards. As soon as I saw the, that receiver catch it, I was like, I couldn't get a glimpse of his number, but it didn't look immediately familiar. And I was like, 
I know that wasn't number ten. I just know mm-hmm. it wasn't. I look and I'm looking at people the way people the way, and I finally I was like, oh my gosh, he gets up. It was Keaton. Yep. I was just. I saw like, the number what? as soon as he caught it, and I was like, oh my goodness, because he kind of snuck like, onto the I field. Sure, it was Keaton and not Lewis. Yeah. Because Leah Lewis wears it on defense, and I get they could put him in an offense if they wanted yeah. to. I didn't think they would. But K- anyway, what were you I saying? Said, KT kind of snuck out onto the field there. Like I didn't notice him run out there or anything. I, when I was watching today, he was out there the drive before. We, he just never caught a pass. The touchdown drive with Nick and Saran, he was out there. Huh. I didn't notice either. You know, I'm looking at the ball when I'm watching the game in the stadium. Yeah. When I'm on TV, when it's on TV, I watch more things. Yeah. Anyway, so Keaton catches that pass. Kyle Hill runs for three and a first down. Kyle Hill runs for two. On second and eight, he runs for seven. On third and run, he goes for a 28-yard run to the Mississippi State 12. That This is when he really starts to get going. He runs for seven yards on the next play to the five-yard line, then runs for three and a first down at our two-yard line. You pound it. You try to pound it in with Kylan on, fir, on uh, first and goal, try to pound it in with Kylan on second and goal. And then Kylan reportedly, according to Garrett and Kylan himself, tell Garrett Schrader, Kylan goes up to Garrett and says, look, pull this ball. They're keyed in on me. If you pull this ball, you're going to walk in. And you know what happened? Garrett walked in. Garrett walked in. He pulled the ball, and Garrett walked in. That was kind of a no-brainer, though. You know that. I think so. You too. know that any goal line situation, they're just trying to make sure Kylan doesn't run straight through their defensive line. Oh yeah, and I and I'll be honest, we should have been able to get enough push to get him in the end zone. But it is, I'll take it however it comes. Yep. At that point, I started to feel I was like, okay, one more stop right here. And this thing might get ugly. See, I was thinking right there, I was thinking we got him right where we wanted him. Exactly. We had it right where we wanted him. It was I, – I knew that if, if we could force another three and out and just have the ball, even if we didn't score, it could get back yeah. because you, you'd about break their wheel. So, with 11-17, we kicked off. Um, Tyler Knight was tackled at the 19. Like I've been saying, kickoff coverage was as good as it's ever been. This is the number one kick returning team in the in the league, oddly enough, in the SEC. We were outstanding on kick coverage, and we've been the worst kick coverage team in the SEC. I don't know how we did it, but we bucked up and we did it this this game. Huge. The field position was a huge. Marcus difference. Murphy's on the field. That might be it. Um, now it didn't matter in this on this drive because. John Rice Cobley completes to Elijah Moore for 27 yards on the second play of the job after Jerry Neely runs for no gain. Jerry Neely goes for six. John Rice Cobley goes for a loss of two. And on third and six, he completes to Dennis Jackson for 12 yards in the first down. Gets a loss of one on the next play. Completes to Braylon Sanders, who killed us that night, for 31 yards to our eight-yard line. So first and goal from the eight. Get a one-yard after timeout. Get a one-yard run from Connor. Another Short run for Connor. And then on third and goal from the two, John Rice Plumley runs runs it in. Okay, now I'm thinking crap. Let's just get back to where we were and get another 14-point lead. Well, that doesn't happen. I'm going to go through this one a little bit more briefly. Uh, You get an incomplete, then Kyler for 13, complete for nine yards to Austin Williams. Kyler runs for three. Then you get a couple incomplete passes in a row and a, and a pass of a, for a one-yard loss. And on fourth and 11, uh, that's when the big faux pas happened for Tucker Day. And that happened right in front of you, I'm guessing. Yeah. 
It was. It was. So you you walked me through that one. I, he looked like he had plenty of room to kick. Um, he definitely had plenty of room to kick, and I was actually I was watching the TV broadcast today, and you know Pat McAfee did the uh did the broadcast mm-hmm. last night, Indianapolis. God bless. Oh, that, I man. love I love Pat McAfee, and you know he has this thing. He he was a punter for the Colts, and he always says for the brand because he's like trying to stick up for the special teams units and stuff. And mm-hmm. if you listen, the guy that was calling the game with him, I'm not sure who it was. I think it was Hasselback, maybe. Matt Hasselback was in there. Yeah, yeah Matt Hasselback was in but there. But Hasselback, the, he said to Pat McAfee, he was like, well, that one that one didn't look good for the brand, did it? But, <laughs> but yeah, he just – I heard that one, too. Tucker just had trouble with the snap. It was a good snap, I thought. A little bit low, maybe. It was a great. I thought it was a great yeah. snap. There was nothing wrong. With but he uh he just dropped it. I don't know what it was, and then he had a blocker back there with him, making sure that the guy wasn't going to get to him. He had he had time and space to get the punt off. But uh, as Tucker Day lately or later um, said on Twitter, he just forgot that he was a punter for a moment, so he decided to take off and see what he could get. He gained four yards on the play, but he needed eleven. Yep. Um. And he's either freaking out and not prepared for, you know, improvisation, which is which happens, or he's watching too many highlights of these high school punters that keep getting bot, bot snaps <laughs> and then go for crib, crib the freaking ball. You know, I, I think everybody saw that video. The dude ran 100 yards after a, a muff punt or a bot yeah, snap. Yeah, it was like 110 if you count where he picked it up. <laughs> he, he you, you know, let's, let's quit retweeting those videos, guys. <laughs> That is was a crucial play. With 3.34 left to go, Ole Miss has the ball now at the 49-yard line. They go – I'm going to keep it short. They go nine plays, and they score with 34 seconds left. Guys, if he punts a 30-yard punt, they probably would have wasted those 34 seconds somewhere, okay? Just that's – and if he – and punting as well as he had all night, you've got to think he could get that thing inside the 10. Yeah. At least. So that was a major turning point in the game. And all of a sudden we're tied up and I'm thinking, here yeah. we go. They get the ball first. And the fans wanted oh wanted us to be aggressive when we got the ball back at those thirty four seconds and they were not happy. I thought that was the I thought that was the dumbest thing ever to be doing. Yeah. You, at, at with at your own thirty yard line, you're just as likely to have a pick six than you can't even throw a Hail Mary from no. there. Like what do you want to do? This isn't Garrett Shredder is not Patrick Mahomes. I thought that was dumb. That yeah, was, that didn't make me very. Don't happy. make us look uneducated, guys. Don't do that. <laughs> but right after, right out of halftime, <clears throat> Ole Miss goes on a three and out. They gain only two yards. Period. On their first drive, uh, the punt wasn't even great. It was it was down at our own forty eight. It was a thirty seven yard drive. <clears throat> but it's okay. They didn't have to have a great punt. They didn't have to. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting choked up. I'm, I'm fighting a cold, so you'll have to excuse me. On our first job of the half, Callan Hill runs, runs for a yard. Garrett Schroeder uh, completes the pass to Stephen Gidger, who played a lot better this game for seven yards. I think that was his only official catch, but he, he was getting people – getting working out and getting other guys open. Yeah. He, had, he was on the field. A lot of the plays that Dedrick Thomas was open, he blocked for a lot of our shorter passes. He had that catch that got called back by the holding, too. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's why I said one. They only had one official one, yeah. I think. 
pretty sure everybody except Dedrick Thomas only had one official catch that caught a pass. Um, on third and two, though, <clears throat> that's when you get kind of poor blocking. It's one of those plays where your offensive line or either a good scheme by Ole Miss or a bad blocking by offensive line kind of costs you. On third and two, you expect Kyler to be able to get, pick that up. He ends up – he almost gets sacked, uh, tackled for a loss of five or six, but ends up only being a loss of two. And now we have to punt, but we're allowed to flip the field. And that's when Elijah Moore fumbles the punt. He muffs the punt, which he never does. And that's the only reason I think Willie Gay and a couple other guys checked up and weren't prepared for that muff. Because the, I'll admit, the ball bounced in a bad spot. It bounced past them quickly, which was difficult. But they were not prepared for him to muff the punt. <clears throat> I went back and watched it today to see. And they weren't. That would have been a huge play. We would have had the ball on our own 20-yard line. First down. Um, Ole Miss goes 11 plays on the next drive. John Rice Plumley converts a third and 12 uh, to Dennis Jackson, a former Mississippi State commit at wide receiver, who I'm pretty sure committed just to, to Mississippi State just so he could show everybody that he was going to flip. I think he knew the whole time was going to yeah. Ole Miss. Um, you had three sacks on this drive, and the third sack, John Rice Plumley was sacked by Chauncey Rivers for a loss of five yards, where he was stripped by Chauncey Rivers. Willie Gay recovers it, returns it for 17 yards. Then he tries to hand it back to Chauncey because Willie Gay looks like he's trying to go. Yeah. I'm watching him and he looks like he is he looks like he is like his his own body. He was dragging people. He looks like he's running away from a murderer. I said he was dragging somebody with him too. He was he he looked like he was fleeing a crime scene. I mean, he was going, and as soon as he realized he's about to get tackled, he's like, "Somebody's got to got to score." He just he just wants to score so bad. He's already tasted blood this year. Had the pick six, the like second play of the game against Kentucky. He knows he he wants that feeling again. You can tell. And if he's if he's not going to get it, somebody else. He tried to hit it off to Chauncey. Guys, if Ole Miss recovers that, it's first down. Yeah, Ole Miss. that's awful. Well, we're not – we don't need to do that. But he jumps right back on it. I was no worried about down. a uh, illegal Ford pass or something. He – it was completely backwards, but that could have if, – if it's even a little bit forward, if he hands it to him forward, that would have been a yeah. forward lateral. And I was worried about so, that. I was... But if he drops it, you can't forward – you can't have a forward lateral if you drop it, though. Yeah. So it worked out. I don't think it would have been, but – on the first play of our next drive, though, you know, we're coming off the turnover, we take a sack, a two-yard sack. Colin Hill then runs for four yards, then for five. This is what I think is the biggest play of the game. All right. Garrett Schrader takes a snap on fourth and three from our 33-yard line. We're in no, no man's land, kind of right at the edge of Jace Christman's range. Garrett Schrader stands in the pocket, rolls to it, bounces to his left, bounces to his left, and waits for Dedrick Thomas to come open across the field. And he floats one where only Dedrick can get it between almost defender about five yards in front and five yards behind Thomas. And Dedrick Thomas makes a beautiful catch, jumps up, brings it down. Um, it's a 20-yard gain, first and goal – or excuse me, first down on, on the Ole Miss 13, and we've converted the fourth down. And I think that – you know, the Marcus Murphy interception – we're not even talking about the, the last play of the game. Like, we know that was the biggest – play of the game, but that was, you know, that was what 
somebody didn't do. We're talking about what somebody did do. The biggest plays of the game is either the Marcus Murphy interception to me or this play right here. Yeah, this was this was a big play where you knew that it was going to make or break the game. If we convert, then you know we're it, we're our chances of winning go up by a lot. And if we don't convert right there, Ole Miss is going to get the ball with pretty decent field position, and right. they're going to steal some momentum. And they hadn't had good field position all night except for uh, later on. We'll end yeah. up, we'll end up with and during that play, position. I was waiting on Garrett to break out of the pocket and try to do something with his legs, and he just stayed patient back there. I was proud of him. He was patient, and sometimes he held on to it too yeah. long. He held on to it too long some of that game, but that <clears throat> and that particular play he did exactly yeah. right. A few times I was just thinking, like, if it's not there on your second read, you've got to go. Because some, sometimes I'll give it to Ole Miss defender. Sometimes they were getting back there to him pretty quick. They were. It. He, he was, like I said, not the best blocks game we've ever had, but we got it done. <laughs> um, of course, after the fourth down conversion, you've got a four-yard run for Garrett, a four-yard run for Kylan, a five-yard run for Garrett, and he was fired up. Yep. You always talk about Garrett being a calm, being kind of a, an eccentric kid, but a calm, even-keeled, level-headed kid. His first touchdown, he didn't hardly move. He, I was watching it today. He had, he walked in, headed the ball to the ref. Everybody's running up, congratulating him. He's just saying, "Yeah, thanks, guys," and he just kind of yeah. trots on by. That's Garrett Schrader. But he runs this one. He runs it right to me in the student section, and he was lit. He was absolute. He was screaming. He was flexing. He was jumping up and down. He was excited for that. I don't know what the difference was between the two yeah. touchdowns. I do not. But he just knew we had to have it. Of course, we kicked the extra point, and now we've got a lead. It's twenty-one twenty, or excuse me, twenty-one to fourteen, with three minutes left to go in the third. We'd force a punt on the next drive, and we're going to put the game away. Yep. Okay. That's exactly. As soon as they punted that ball off, I said we got it, and I was like this. I was there with uh, one of my friends, and I looked at him. I was like, this is where we bury him. Like, if you're going to put him away, you got to do it now. We had the chance to bury him. We had two chances to yep. bury him, really. Um, they they punt, touchback. Nick Gibson runs for 30 yards all the way out to the 50. Absolute heck of a run by Nick Gibson. And, guys, I've said it before. Nick Gibson would start at a lot of teams, and he stayed here and backed up Aris Williams and Kylan Hill. And we absolutely needed every – imagine if we didn't redshirt Lee Witherspoon and a guy that played running back for one year in high school who's going to be dynamic for us was our next best back. Kareem Walker didn't qualify this year until too late, and now he's here and he's he'll play next year, but – He'll probably start next we didn't year if Kylan chooses to leave. I don't, I don't know. I think you got to do either Witherspoon or the – he'll be a change of pace back. He might. He's not, a, he's not an every down kind of back. And that's kind of why he fell out of grace at Michigan, I think. We'll see. I would like to I see saw him on the field. if we can hang on to Joe Quavius Marks. I think that's our starter. Yeah, uh, the, the 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 kid out of Greenville, St. Joe. Yeah, I've seen him play. That dude can play. Um. Anyway, then Garrett Shreddy completes a pass for 11 yards to Javonta Payton, who's going to be very crucial for us down the stretch next year. You know, three-yard three, three yard run for Kylan, three-yard run for Garrett. It's third and four. All we got to do at this point is just con- is is get a couple yards because this is four-down territory again. We're at the exact same spot as where we converted the last fourth down. 
And Garrett kind of gets out of his keys a little bit, keeps the ball away from his body, and fumbles. Recovered by Josiah Cody for Ole Miss. And that's when it looked bad. Then Ole Miss has to punt. It's immediately a three and out. Great defense. Uh, absolute lights out. on In the second half, until they put in Matt Corral, Ole Miss really had nothing going at all. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I mean, at an all. interesting stat for defense. I said I posted this on my Instagram story earlier. So, um, on John Rice Plumley's first run of the night, is one rush, twelve yards. He ran seventeen more times that night, and had a total of twenty-two yards on the rest of his carries. That's insane, guys. That this dude is the leading QB rusher in the conference. And hadn't hardly started – hadn't started but eight games. That's crazy. Yeah. The job we – we'll talk about these superlatives later, but the job we did containing him was outstanding. Yeah, this outstanding. is Outstanding. Better than anybody's done it this year. Nobody's been able to do it this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at LSU, he he put up what? Let me see. I'm pulling it up right now. He put up – He put up two, at least 200. He put up a school record yeah, rushing yards against LSU. 212 rushing yards on 21 rushes. He averaged 10.1 yards a carry. He became on his first rush, I think just the was it just the seventh, maybe the third, fourth, something, single digit, thousand yard rusher in Ole Miss history. They are they do not have a great the great rushing background in history that we have. You know, your Anthony Dixons and your Vic Ballards and your Rob Gibsons and your Josh Robinsons and your of course your Colin Hills and your Aris Williams is a thousand Aris Williams was a thousand yard rusher. Nick Fitzgerald was a thousand yard rusher. Dak Prescott was almost a thousand yard rusher. I don't think he ever got a thousand yards in the season. I don't think he did either. I think he had nine hundred something. He de- no, he definitely got nine hundred. But anyway. Um moving on, moving on. We force uh, a punt on the after the turnover, and then we get, go on the three and out. And then they bring in, with seven minutes left in the game, Matt Corral. I saw the first uh, – I did not – let's see. That I'm, I did not notice he was out until it was almost too late. Like, I think they had already completed that one pass. I was like, dang. I was like, oh, shoot. That's Matt Corral. I wasn't sure if we'd see him or not. I figured we probably would. But after we made it to the fourth quarter without seeing him, I was kind of thinking, okay, this is just John Rice Holmes' game. Yeah. I should have noticed because you only have the, you have the one drive in the fourth qu- quarter and the third quarter where they go uh, where we get the really guy gets the fumble. That was the best drive of the second half. They really didn't have it going. I should have figured they would have put in Matt Corral when they did. Um, you kind of have what I call an adjustment drive because he's pretty efficient. He goes for 12 yards in a first down, 38 yards in a first down. You run Snoop for no gain. So you got those two, basically, you got two plays where you're like bam, bam, and they've kind of punched us in the mouth. And then after Marcus Murphy came off with an injury, I, guys, this is when I realized I need to become a sports gambler. I literally said out loud, Marcus Murphy's back in. I wonder, I bet he, I bet he's healthy enough to pick this off and take it all the way to the house. And I, well, he didn't. Okay. I literally said, oh, Marcus Murphy's back. Let's like let, he should announce himself by picking this ball off. Something like that. I don't remember what yeah. I said. And that's what he did. That's what he did. So really, Matt Corral comes in, two great plays, one running play that went for nothing, and then absolutely got baited. We fooled him on the coverage so bad. He got 
I mean, played him like a fiddle. And if you look, he actually he pumped a short throw. I think I think this was one of those cases where he already knows where he wants to go with the ball, and he's just doing yeah. stuff to look cool. And he he pumped a short route, and nobody bit on it. And then he threw the deep ball, and Marcus Murphy's just standing there waiting we, on I it. I think we do. I think we knew exactly where he was going with the ball because they they rotated their coverages so well. I mean, you had Cam Dancer kept peel off the short guy, the 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 out outermost receiver, and go to the uh, the next the next innermost guy. Uh, you got Marcus Murphy comes up to play that receiver, baits him into the throw, jumps in front of the route, and, and had one dude one guy one that other receiver that was underneath was the only guy preventing him from cribbing that one yeah. too. Uh, because there is nobody would have caught him. Marcus Murphy's faster than most of those players on the Ole Miss offense. Jerry and Ely, I don't think Jerry and Ely was out there. Jerry and Ely was pretty fast. Uh, I looked. I, I wish John Rice would have thrown it just so we could have seen Marcus and John Rice sprinting down the sideline. That would have that would have been fun because John Rice would have caught yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been. He absolutely would have caught him. That would have been fun to watch, though. This is when I thought we can put this game away. All we've got to do, we don't even have to score. We just have to run the ball enough to keep uh to keep some time off on the clock. And this is a job I want to talk about a little bit. So we're 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 balling. Kylin for sixteen, Kylin for three, Kylin for eight, Kylin for three, Kylin for five, and now it's third and two. It's third and two, and some people question the play call, and I do not. Here's why: we run the RPO. Okay, which includes if you don't decide not to run a, a run fake. The run fake could have been a little bit better, but you're kind of trying to evaluate and decide if you're even going to carry out a fake at all or not. So, but you gave ourselves the option to run. Oh, Miss Defendant is defends it very well. You kind of took your cap to him on this play. Carrot Shader rolls out to his right. The pass isn't there. People are bearing down on him. I had people behind me telling him to get rid of the ball. Garrett Shader takes a, instead an eight yard sack, which is the right play. He goes down in bounds. They have to use a timeout. You don't th- throw an incomplete pass or the ball and let them keep say that timeout. He absolutely did the right thing. Ole Miss had a great defensive scheme on that particular yeah. play. It, my dad was worried about the about the call, and I said, "You just need a better run fake." Yeah, or, that's a, that's what I was thinking too. A bit, or they they didn't give us the the look that we there wanted was, to run the ball because there was there's options on that play. That's why it's called a run pass. Yeah, option. you could tell that there was absolutely no way Kylan was going to get that ball. On the run fake. Oh, no. They didn't – I don't even think Garrett ever looked at Kylan's direction. Mm-mm. So. So, on that, you get the best one of the night for Tucker Day. All the way to the 10-yard line, a 51-yard punt. Elijah Moore returns it for the, to the eight. And we forget to mention, Elijah Moore also tried to fair catch a punt <laughs> after he caught it. <laughs> he catches the ball and then tries to waste for a fair catch. And I'm surprised he didn't get hit hard. Yeah. I mean, he kind of got folded up, but he didn't just get clobbered like he should have. I think I think some – it was probably one of those things where you're, like, kind of confused. You're like, all right, like, he, he just threw his hand up, but he already caught the ball. And they're like, well, I guess we'll tackle him. I don't hear a whistle. Like, they That was that – was that, that, was, that was crazy. And my favorite part was it was – I can't remember who who quoted it on Twitter – it was like somebody who – it was a video of the late uh, fair catch. And it says, like, 
in my ESPN documentary voice. Uh, and it, what if I? Yeah. What if you, I told you this wasn't this was not Elijah the, Moore's worst decision of the night? That was uh, funny. I saw that. That was hilarious. What? What if this wasn't the stupidest yeah. thing he did? <laughs> Elijah Moore, I think he had a, think, a pretty, pretty decent receiving game, I think. I remember one catch other than the touchdown. Yeah. But you muff a punt. You look stupid on a fair catch. None of those really hurt you. But we all know what happened after that. All right, so Matt Corral has got two minutes to work with and two timeouts. Completes to Jonathan Mingo for nine. Another freshman, John Rice Plumley, Jonathan Mingo, Jerry and Ely, Dennis Jackson, all these are freshmen for uh, Ole Miss. They – they have 50 freshmen on the roster, more than 50 freshmen on the roster. Matt Corral runs, scrambles, only gains a yard. If Matt Corral's scrambling, you're in good shape. And I, and I, I say that to say if you're used to containing John Rice Plumley, and we had all night, you're going to be able to contain Matt Corral. Yeah. He's not a bad runner at all, but you're going to he, – he's not going to run all over you if you didn't let John Rice Plumley run all over you. That's just not how, not how uh, football works. He's incomplete to Mingo. He's incomplete to Ely. That's the one that Errol Thompson should have picked off. Uh, then he's he passes. He does pass complete to Braylon Sanders, but it comes back because of an ineligible, ineligible receiver downfield. This was the drive. You had had an almost penalty-free game, no fights, no scrimmages, and this is the drive when stuff got really, really silly. Of course, it's the very end of the game. On third and 15, uh, Ole Miss – is sacked by Chauncey Rivers and Col- excuse me, Matt Corral sacked by Chauncey Rivers and Colby Jones for a loss of nine yards on their own 14-yard line is Ole Miss. They call a timeout. Fourth and 24. This is the worst play of the game. Fourth and 24. Braylon Sanders, if he is not underthrown, would walk in. Yeah. Would would trot in. He was my dad thought he hit, got hit in stride. And I was like, no, if he didn't got hit in stride, he wouldn't have been touched. Mm-hmm. It was awful coverage. How do we think do we think that we have a safety back there or something? I mean, you can't the only thing you can't do on fourth and twenty four is let somebody get behind you. You just got a young DB you out there. Eighteen yards. You can have an eighteen yard cushion if he's in front yeah. of you. I mean, I don't understand that. That cannot happen ever, ever. We almost was... if Ole Miss had won that game, we would be coming. For the secondaries, everybody in the secondary's head. Yeah. Right it was now. Tyler Williams in coverage. Who who had a great yeah. game. I, we're gonna talk about all the defenders that had a great game. Um so after that, we're incomplete. You get a rough in the pasture call, which at first I thought the call was awful. The call wasn't awful. The rule is awful. Brian Cole jumps up in the air. Bats the ball down, and before he even touches the ground, his helmet or his hand grazes. Okay, Matt Corral's helmet, and for some reason, the rule is that's automatically roughing the passer. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I hate that rule. There's no. It doesn't have to be forcible contact. It has to be contact. That's not in the spirit of the game. You're incomplete again. Uh, you complete a six-yard pass. You have excuse me, two incompletions after the roughing. Then you can put a six-yard pass. On fourth and four, Marquis Spencer jumps offside, unavailable to the quarterback. You had a free play there where Ole Miss thought they had a touchdown because they thought they had a free play. If you're coming in with nobody in between you and the quarterback, the play's dead. It's like yeah. a false start. You can't And the run thing away. is you don't score a touchdown if our <laughs> defenders aren't standing still on a dead play. 
I mean, I don't know if they would have scored or not, but nobody. I don't think anybody's really thinking. Did he get his foot down? He he did. He absolutely called it. It was that if that if that play had happened in the exact same way, but not been a dead ball, would have been a touchdown, no doubt. Hmm. But I don't think I don't know what the I don't know if they're looking at the receiver's reaction or the defender's reaction. I don't know if they were slow or if they were actually trying to defend it or not. I don't See, know. I've seen two. I've seen two Ole Miss excuses so far, and one of them is that the ref screwed them over by not calling that a touchdown, which makes is in no sense because it's a dead play. No, that's the and rule. Then, if, you, if, you're, so if you're a free rusher, the ball is right. dead. And then the other thing I've seen is it, this was going around on Ole Miss message board saying that we only run, we only won because John Rice was injured, so he wasn't as fast as he normally is because apparently he taped his ankle after uh, one of the first few drives. I think they said after the second drive of the game. Okay, I'm going to tell you what, after the second drive of the game, he rushed for negative yards pretty much. So, I mean, he he didn't really hurt us then either. No, that's not why they lost. They lost because they lost because we played better better than them. <sighs> All right, so Marquise Spencer caught, gets the offsides, gives our Ole Miss first down at the four. And I'm sweating. There's 24 seconds left. I'm sweating. Um, You get a NL's receiver downfield again. Like I said, lots of penalties. Um, that was first to go off the nine. You get an incomplete pass, and then they call pass interference on Brian Cole. That was the mistake. That was not pass interference at all. By no means whatsoever. You get the ball at the two-yard line, first and goal at the two for, with 13 seconds left. That was not a penalty by any means. That wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. And I saw it again on TV today. So, basically, Brian Cole got there. screwed twice in the last drive. Basically, all right. Uh, Matt Crow runs for no gain. They call a timeout. You incomplete to Jason Perlin, and then it happens. So, on that second and second and goal incompletion, of course, Matt Crow gets stood up trying to scramble for a touchdown on first down. Absolutely smoked. They scheme Jason Pellerin, 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 open, wide open. Great, great draw, great design play. Willie Gay bats the ball down. It lands at, at right at Pellerin's feet. He actually could have maybe made a play on it. It's incomplete. Falls harmlessly to the ground. I'll tell you what, Jason Pellerin wasn't about to do a dog leg celebration. He's a much more mild mannered kid. <laughs> that was even on the radio yesterday. Somebody just wants to say, by the way, if they if you don't bat that ball down, that's an easy touchdown. Willie Gay was all over the field tonight, yep. or no, yesterday night. We'll the talk best about part, Willie, Bla- Willie Gay was cold-blooded, too. That little look that he gave the Ole Miss sideline after he batted it down. Oh, that was good. Yeah, that was good. And then it happens. Ole Miss scores on a pass from Matt Corral to Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore elects to imitate the urination of a canine. He draws flags from three officials who immediately flag him. The head referee is about to tell the crowd that the penalty will be assessed on the kickoff, and Joe Moorhead says, no, we want it on the extra point. Yeah, how... 
Why in the world did, would he, we ever want that on the kickoff? That's what I was trying to understand. I, I mean, you've got to make sure that that it gets, happens right. And the reason is, and I almost thought, you know, uh, an extra point. But if you put on the kickoff, you know, and they, if they tie it up, you'll get a better chance at a hail mary, maybe. But that's I'm not thinking about that. You want want on the kickoff. You want on the extra point for the main reason being, you don't want them to be able to go for two. Right. I I would if they had gone for if they had had a chance to go for two and I don't know and coach coach Matt Luke said that he wouldn't have I don't know if I believe yeah. him but he said that he wouldn't have if they had had the chance to go for two I would have been freaking out <laughs> yeah because um, they they had schemed people open and that one time whenever the play broke down on a and, first and goal they had somebody and here's open the thing. they had the touchdown they had one other complete pass besides the fourth and twenty four. They had three successful plays on that 82-yard drive. The rest were penalties. Mm-hmm. Three successful plays on that 82-yard drive. We played great defense except for three plays, and we really – that played Elijah Moore. You mean you cheap your cap to him. That was – we almost had him stop too. They almost won the game on just complete a complete comedy of errors, a busted coverage and a bunch of penalties. And you know what happened? You back up a very poor kicker, the least accurate kicker in the SEC, which is really funny because just two years ago, Ole Miss had some of the best kicking games in the whole country. And if you go back go to back. our last Where? episode, we what did were we say, talking about? We admitted. We, we pointed it out. I remember as soon as he backed it up, I was thinking about I said, me and Gavin already talked about this. He can't yep. kick very well. He was 11 for 19. We put some pressure on him. And I'll tell you what, I thought we were going to ice him. We didn't – we shot we should have. I'm glad we didn't. I thought we didn't ice him. That's fine. Didn't work out. It worked out for us. I'll tell you what, I'm going to pat myself on the back. See, and I wouldn't have iced him. You wouldn't Just because, no, I've seen way too many situations where you give him another chance and he drills the second one. Oh, uh, when you – don't I, – I hate when you ice him, try to ice him at the last second because then you just give him practice shots. Yeah. That's old Miss. That's happened old Miss. Uh, good and bad. I've seen I've seen them playing a game where they get iced and then they make it after you ice them too bad and give them practice shots. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi State student section. I'm patting myself on the back because I am one of those. They affected him. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. We affected the kick. Well, that stadium He's kicking was in the student section. We're going crazy. We're losing our minds. We're screaming. There was no. And as soon as that ball got kicked, we're screaming even louder because we knew what it was. He shanked it. We're celebrating all over the field. We're going crazy. We're losing our minds. Every single player on the field was on there. Flags are flying for the uh, celebration, the sideline warnings. We don't care. The game is over. We win the Egg Bowl because of a celebration penalty that cost an extra point. I can't believe it. That's crazy. So, moving on, we're going to talk about – I want to talk about, Gavin, individual – you have your ESPN app, Gavin? Um, yes. Let's pull up the stats. I want to go through how well some of these defenders played. Okay. We're going to both talk about it. I want us both to be able to look at these. All right. Because this is It's a long incredible. list. Incredible. It's a long list. Okay. 
first things first. Your tutor gate. Also, ATM. one second. Yes. Okay, so I have an old Miss friend who said, and I quote, "I will take four and eight any day of the week when we start the majority of freshmen." And I told him that I doubt Ole Miss started more freshmen than Mississippi State, and if they did, it was less than five. I mean, they have a lot of freshmen on the team, and they have a bright future. As much as I hate to admit it, or I didn't say I didn't say started. That's bad. That's my bad. I said fielded. I mean, on defense, no way. They have a pretty. They have a pretty old defense. Yeah. Uh. Offense, so I'm thinking in total, we probably we probably had more freshmen in the game than they did. Probably. On defense. I, I think we, we're more on defense and more on offense. Here's the thing, like, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not taking four and eight. Yeah. If you count the injuries, the injuries, the the, the young players and the injuries and the suspicions we had, we were playing our whole defense was freshmen, except for our linebackers, pretty much. Yeah. Freshmen or brand new junior college players. Yeah, Brian Cole. Leo Lewis and Errol Thompson and Chauncey Rivers and Cam Dantzler. You lose Maurice Smitherman. You lose C.J. Morgan. You lose uh, Fletcher Adams. You lose Cameron Jones. I mean, I don't want to hear that. Anyway, anyway, your Tudor Gate 10 players played last night, of course. Two turnovers. Willie Gay recovers a fumble, runs it for 14 yards. Marcus Murphy with an interception return for 10 yards. Critical. We scored on one of them and prevented a, a near-scoring drive on the other. Absolutely critical. Those are your suspended players. I want you to think about how this defense could have been different, guys. A lot different. Could have been a lot different. Some guys that played some, some great games. Errol Thompson, my goodness. When Willie Gay is on the field, Errol Thompson can explode. Yeah. 11 tackles, seven solo tackles, and one tackle for loss, one pass deflection, and a forced fumble. See, so why is it that Errol plays so much better when Willie's with him instead of Willie? Because Willie's a freak, and you have to account for him on every play. You can't, so then you can't throw Errol's out Errol's allowed covers. to do whatever he wants at that if, point. If, if Willie is covering a tight end or a running back, you cannot pass it to him, to that running back or tight end. If Willie is blitzing, you have to account for him with at least one guy, if not two. You can't try to try to uh, roll away from him or try to outrun him. And that means Errol gets to run free. It's, it's just like on offense, when you've got a rushing quarterback and a great running back, and you're trying to run zone reads, you know, it's that's what Ole Miss does. you got to pick one. Same thing. It works the same way. Cam Mississippi State. Huh? And then you don't have to pick one. You can just pick both. That's right. Cam Dantzler, nine tackles, all solos. As a quarterback, you don't see that a lot. Cam got left out on the island, and absolutely – I don't. I, another thing I'll talk, say about our, our defense, I only saw one really bad broken – non like a broken tackle, which has hurt us all year. It is kind of a fluke play. Uh, Snoop Connor kind of rolls over somebody <laughs> and gets up five extra yards. I was pissed. We had him in the backfield, and he ended up going up for like 14 yards. But Cam Dancer had a tackle for loss and nine total tackles, all solos. Marcus Murphy, an interception, eight tackles, six solos, and one tackle for loss. Jaquarius Landers and Willie Gay 
eight tackles and five tackles respectively. Spying on on John Rice Plumley absolutely changed the game, just limiting him. We mixed up who spies on him. Willie Gay was spying on him. Uh, Marcus Murphy a little bit. Jaquarius Landers was spying on him. And we didn't let him get loose at all. 34 mm-hmm. rushing yards for John Rice Plumley. That's his lowest That's output right. of the season. In the group chats that we're in, that's what I preached the whole week. I said, you you spy on Plumley, don't let him get around the edge, and we'll be all right. We contained him all week. The, the front the front four contained him, didn't let him get outside of him very well. Quarterbacks didn't uh, – you know, it's very delicate balance when you got a quarterback out there on the edges trying to decide if he's going to run or pass. You can't abandon your receiver too quick or he'll dump it right over you, and you can't just sit there and hug up on the receiver or he'll run right by you. We balanced that out really well last night, extremely well. Chauncey Rivers, five tackles, one and a half sacks. Brian Cole, five tackles, and he was everywhere. He had a fumble recovery. Quarterback Hurry, two solo tackles. Leo Lewis had four tackles. Kobe Jones had four. When you get down to the, to the defensive to the defensive tackles, you're not in the, the defensive line. You're not expecting a ton of tackles from these guys. That's just not how football works. The linebackers, but they were game tackles. But they absolutely were. Kobe Jones, Marcus Spencer. Marquis Spencer, excuse me, four, four tackles for Jones, three for Spencer, three for Leo uh, Lee Autry, two for Jaden Crumity, Javonta Payton, two tackles on special teams. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Yep. Several other guys with two and one tackles. We played excellent run defense last night. And See, if not I think for Tyler Williams got plays, cheated. Do what? I said, I think Tyler Williams got cheated. He's only given one tackle. Either that or it just was the one tackle that he made. He absolutely rocked that dude. He absolutely did rock that mm-hmm. dude. That was – receiver catches the ball the line of scrimmage, and I don't know how he held on to the ball because Tyler Williams clean, changed his oil for it. I mean, <laughs> lit, lit him up. But I thought – I could have sworn Tyler Williams had two or three tackles. Who knows? We'll have to see. Oh, well. Paul Shamar Blackwell Kilby Lane played. Probably had a tackle. Paul Blackwell is your holder. He No, your long snapper. He got down there and made a tackle. How about it? A solo tackle. Yeah. Shamar Kilby Lane had a tackle <laughs> on senior night. That's exactly right. He's he's also a good special teams player. Nathan Pickering had a tackle. I just wanted to let to remind y'all of how well Bob Shoot and your full complement of uninjured players could have been this year. Okay, this is the best rushing offense. I must hate to admit it, the best rushing offense in this. Yeah, that's that's pretty mind blowing. It's hard to believe for sure. Um, moving on, you know, talk about some things that were kind of on my mind about this game. I've got a hot take. It is not really a hot take, but it's more an idea. Okay. Let's hear it. The old the University of Mississippi fan base cost their own school this game. Yes, they glorified what DK did. That's absolutely right, Gavin. DK Metcalf, two years ago, draws a penalty in a scar, a marred win, I will call that for Ole Miss, because you almost certainly purposely break Nick Fitzgerald's leg. You lose by three because of it after a furious comeback fell just short with some questionable calls. 
DK Metcalf hikes his leg in a classless, base, and vile manner. That you know, a, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people, and I kind of felt this way a little bit, but I'm kind of feeling the opposite now. When he got drafted, you're like, oh, best of luck. Hope he does all right. It's fine. I didn't think he was going to do terribly great because he was so big and strong and fast, but he was not able to change direction very well. I wasn't sure how that was going to work. I think it's working out all right in Seattle for him. Yeah. <laughs> but that was classless. Ole Miss has always, to me, been classless. And they accuse us of being that way because they we're not just these high society flute rich folks. And they don't really understand that class is how you treat people and how you conduct yourself and not what you're able to purchase. That's that, that, that's those that's not what class means. I can go on and on about this kind of thing if we're talking about the University of Mississippi. But we're not that way. They are. And they thought it was great. Ole Miss fans, and I'm sure there are some old folks and some nice folks and some people that thought, DK, that wasn't cool. But a lot of them, I mean a lot of them, thought that that was the funniest thing ever, that they should just do it all the time. You had high school uh, commitments from Ole Miss doing that in high school games all the time and getting penalties for it, hurting their team. I kid you not, Gavin, I need you to listen to this. This is insane. I had an Ole Miss fan text me yesterday. Literally. He said, it had to be done. I said, what? The dog celebration. Had to do it. I was like, excuse me? He's like, we had to do it. You mean the celebration that cost you the game? Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't care. We we, we we had to do it. We marked in our territory. The territory where you lost the game? <laughs> I'm not joking. Somebody actually said this to me. <sighs> because you made it something to imitate, it was imitated. Yep. Because you were so Elijah thrilled Moore just about wanted it. The, the attention and love from the Ole Miss fan base that DK got. Exactly. Because you thought it was so great and made it out to be this awesome, hilarious thing, he imitated it. Now, That's this not is, a bad penalty. Any celebration, is, huh? I said, here's what frustrates me, okay? All right. So when DK did it, it was all glorified. And, you know, you never really heard anybody from a national scope or from the Ole Miss fan base complain about it. And this shows how outcome-driven our society has become. That's that exactly right. That's a great when, point, Gavin. When it does go wrong, when something, when it does cause something else to go wrong, everybody in the country is talking about it. People are calling into the Fine Bomb show talking about it. And the Ole Miss fan base as a whole, is slandering Elijah Moore on They're social media. If, and, if you're going to come for Elijah Moore, you got to come for DK Metcalf. Yeah. And if you didn't come for DK Metcalf, do not come for Elijah Moore. Yep. Just because this one hurt and the last one didn't, they're the same thing. Anyway. Yep. Do what? I said, yep. I, I don't understand it. Ole Miss fan base literally cost them a chance to win this game. And I'll tell you another thing. Matt Luke and Elijah Moore came out and apologized to the Ole Miss fans because this is not who they are. (laughs) I'm going to give you two points about this. Number one, the last two times they've had a game in Davis Way Stadium, they've done it. 
Yeah. You can say that's not who you are all you want, but this happens routinely. And that, and how come when they won the game and that happened, that was who they are? They, he came, he came out and made some passing comment. Oh yeah, we don't really care to do that. Sorry guys. You keep doing it. You keep holding up the championship belt after a touchdown. You keep starting fights in the end zone uh, in Egg Bowls in Oxford, and you keep hiking up your dog, your dog leg and stuff like that. This is who you are. The ev- You can say it's not all you want, but the evidence is showing me something different. Yep. I don't think anybody right now can believe that Ole Miss has a very classy football program. You've gone through the cheating. You've gone through the paying recruits, the changing test scores, the, uh, I would say, escort worker scandals with uh, head coaches. You've gone through all that. You've seen it on the field with the dog leg things and the fights and the all this kind of stuff. But that's not who you are, right? I'll tell you what, if you notice, and I'm not saying you got to chew people out for stuff like that. They, Matt Luke didn't, even after, the, but before the extra point was missed, Matt Luke didn't chastise Elijah Moore for doing that. Nope. I, I, I paid attention to make sure that sure to see if it happened. He didn't. And I thought, think Matt Luke's an overall good guy. I say that. I thought the same thing about Hugh Freeze. He had us all fooled. So here's the thing. Matt Luke, I think Matt Luke's a good guy. He just, he doesn't know when it's time to be an authoritative figure over his team and when it's time to be their friend. That's a good point, too. And he and has Jim no had control. He has Jim no Moore control. Had the same problem. And not, not, we, don't, we don't let the classless thing happen, but sometimes he's, you know, everybody's doing their very best. and some, Sometimes you got to get on to some folks, and he does, but it's a delicate balance. I'll tell you what. Mississippi State did not let the emotion – the vibe, whatever you want to call it, get the better of them, and Ole Miss did, and it cost them the game. That's what that's what I was talking to my mom about this morning, which she was talking – it was basically me and my dad, like, talking to her about the situation. She was like, they're a bunch of college kids who got caught up in the moment. They're, they're super emotional and all this stuff. And I said, and you don't think the state guys were? And oh, they're able to control were. their emotions. Especially they, after, after, they have the same after, emotions. And we're talking about this in a minute. They had we had every reason to be more emotional than they did, and I'll tell you right. why in a minute. But anyway, <sighs> not only did they say that's not who they are, they apologized, and neither time when they gave their heartfelt apology, oh, I'm so sorry for the dogleg thing. Neither time did they apologize to Mississippi State fans, the players, the team, the coaches. None of that. Nobody was mentioned for how utterly base. And disrespectful it is to imitate a dog urinating. Where does that come from? That's that's <laughs> especially if you're imitating it after it's already been done once. It's not even clever. If it was clever. <laughs> I'd understand it. I don't even think it's that clever. Okay, it's not and, terribly and the, unique to me. The thing is, it's still going into yesterday before the game. I saw pictures of DK Metcalf peeing in the end zone so many times, and then. It's just, Elijah it's so Moore is ironic. my Twitter header now. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I, that picture's going up everywhere, there's, too. There's better camera angles of Elijah, too, than there was of DK. I don't understand why doing something gross 
is just so thrilling to these people. The best part is this put an end to it because at this point, it's a joke for us. You know, we get the same we get the same kick out of it now that they did with DK. Oh yeah, if not worse. Yeah, so we'll be we'll be posting it next Egg Bowl. We'll be posting this it five is, years from now on the Egg. Bowl. I just want to know how many. High, oh, I know a lot of Ole Miss recruits would do it. Uh, in games, they're not anymore. No, <laughs> not anymore. Anyway, the last thing I want to talk about. So many people before this game were spreading the rumor that Coach Moorhead had already been bought out, that a buyout had been negotiated, and that it was only a matter of time before Billy Napier of UL Lafayette was named head coach. So many people, in fact, that I started to believe it only because some like some sports betting accounts that have several hundred thousand followers were saying it, like literally, like big time people. Inside sources were saying it. Me and Gavin have a friend that had, had a friend that had reason to, we had reason to trust that was saying the same thing. And he told us not to tell anybody, and we didn't. Oh, boy. Hold on. Oh, what? Oh, boy. Willie Gay just posted an Instagram picture. What does it say? The caption is a picture of Willie holding the ball. This is after, uh, I'm assuming this is after. His fumble, or no, he's not even holding the ball, I don't think. But he said, the caption says, he going to outrun who? Yeah, all right. <laughs> I love Willie, uh, this, When Willie took his shirt um, off and started grabbing some pom-poms and waving them around, that was hilarious. Yeah. Love Willie Gay. Anyway, back to what I was saying. You've got people saying that Joe Moorhead's out, that John Cohen and Mark Keenum have bought him out the in the small hours of the morning before the Egg Bowl. Guys, do y'all know John Cohen and Mark Keenum? Those two dudes hate the University of Mississippi as much as anybody, as much as I do, and they love Mississippi State. Our athletic budget includes a bowl game every single year. We expect to pay for and to get the money for in return you know, we have to budget, we have to spend a little bit of money, but we make more money on these bowl games. We expect and budget for a bowl game every single year in athletics marketing. I work with athletics marketing. We budget for a bowl game every year. We have to win to make a bowl game. And you want a lame duck coach coaching the biggest game of the year? You're gonna get you all you have to do is wait three hours to negotiate a buyout for Christ's sake. And you mean to tell me? that we're going to negotiate a buyout before the Egg Bowl, the morning before? I heard on Steve Robertson's show today, he had players and players' parents texting him in the hours before the game, hey, what's going on, what's going on? I, I need to know if my coach is going to be here. I'm scared, I'm nervous, what's going on, what's going on? And none of it was true. Coach Morris said after the game, what did he say? This is my school, this is my program, this is my team, and you're going to have to drag my Yankee butt out of here. He didn't yeah. say but. And here's the thing. I feel bad because enough people were saying it that I was like, dang. I'm oh, I believe it. it. But then it's pointed out to me, that you don't buy somebody out, but the coach out before the Egg Bowl. What happened last time the coach was checked out of the Egg Bowl? We lost 2017. Dan Mullen was already on his way to Florida. Yep. Bad time. That's why bad I didn't time. answer. I'm not answering that question, Colton. 
Huh? I choose to forget those times. That's why I didn't answer <laughs> your question. That was the day we lost the egg bowl on Thursday and lost our coach on Saturday. Yep. It's a great, great time. Anyway, we were never going to buy out Coach Moorhead at that point. Now, here's nothing we're not going to do. Mm. We're not going to have a lame duck coach coach the coach the bowl game. By the time the bowl game comes, you've already signed had early signing day. If you sign all your recruits, great. But we're not going to. You don't want to have to recruit your players for four weeks because you only have the month of January. February's dead. If you get a coach after the ball game, you won't be able to play. So what I'm saying is there's no timeline to fire Coach Moorhead as of right now. And there never is. And know that everything's not fixed because you won the A-bowl and he's still got his problems and he's going to have to overcome. But I don't think it's in our best interest to let him go right this second. Uh, I wouldn't be pissed or mad if we let – huh? Say what? I said I agree. I wouldn't be mad if we let him go because – in the big picture, it's bad. In the small picture, it's bad. In the huge picture, it shows that we're committed to making the change when things aren't up to our standards, and I like that. But I don't want three different guys, three different sets of players recruited by three different coaches in the same locker room because then things get kind of weird, okay? And that's what you'd get. Dan Mullen's guys are juniors right now. Dan Mullen slash Joe Moorhead's guys, most of Dan Mullen's guys are sophomores right now. All the freshmen are Joes. All this year's, all the 2020 class are Joes. And then if you got a new coach, the 2021 kids would be his. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that idea. I'm not either. So give him time. I'm not saying he deserves it. I'm saying we can't, we don't, we don't need to do anything else unless it is an absolute home run of a hire. Okay. <laughs> and in football, that's not likely for us. I'm just being honest. Billy. Nobody wants to. Not nobody. People. Some people do. In fact, if your ego is big enough and you just want to show everybody how great you are, you come down here in the SEC West and beat LSU and Alabama and Auburn and just show them who's boss, that'd be great. But most <laughs> people aren't trying to play those teams every single year. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'd go out and – you know, Mississippi State would win the Pac-12 every three years. Yeah. We're not in the I'd, Pac-12. I'd be chilling in the Big 12 or something. Our defense would have eaten the Big 12 last year. My Lord. Yeah. It would have been awful for them. It's like the anyway. other day somebody pointed out to me, it was Bentley from Alabama Wave. Oh, no. This is actually a good point, though. He said um, – he was talking about how 2014 Alabama-Mississippi State was his favorite Alabama game ever. And which, I mean, if you're an Alabama fan, yeah, that's a good choice. But he said, um, he said, imagine Mississippi State's 2014 offense with 2018's defense. And that's a national championship team right there. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah. and that defense that year is really, really good. Yeah. It's not too We wasted the best defense now. we ever had last year. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, guys. Long story short, we're going to get down to it. The golden egg is ours. It will be for a whole nother year. We're going bowling. We will be at a ball game. We will talk about the ball game when we know what the ball game is. We'll I'm talk about it. It's a Liberty Bowl. 
You want the Liberty Bowl. I think I yeah. want the Music City Bowl because I'm probably not going regardless. <laughs> yeah, I want the Liberty Bowl so I can walk to the game. Yeah, if if Gavin, if it is the Liberty Bowl, Gavin will be there. No doubt. My dad you know what? I want the Liberty Bowl too, just so to I have a better perspective door. on the show to talk about it. Yeah. Because you'd be a witness. That's true. I was there Guys, for Rice in 2013. Did you go to 2013? Yep. I've never been to a bowl game. That's one thing I haven't done. I've done a lot. I've been to a regional, super – I've been to a regional, super regional, two regionals, super regional, two trips to Omaha. Seen walk-off wins in all three of those levels. No, we never walked off in the super regional that I was there at. Seen walk, two walk-off wins in Omaha. I was at the Florida State game. I watched us beat UConn. I watched two the 2013 and the last Egg Bowl. I saw Elijah McNamee's hit against Stanford. I've seen some big things. I've never seen a bowl game. See, well, yesterday was my first egg bowl. You're hooked, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm hooked. I'll be an If you didn't love year. Mississippi State football after yesterday, you don't love football. <laughs> all right, that's all the time we have for today. We went long, but we – y'all deserve it. We deserve it. We all need to just sit back and talk about what happened last night because it was crazy. All right, is that all we got? That's all I got. That's all I got. As always, best of luck to you. Praise the Lord and go dogs. Hail State and go to hell, Ole Miss. Yes, sir. Good night. Good night.